0: Aloha and good morning from Hawaii. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz with e News and this is a podcast in regards to the current situation on COVID-19 in our home state here in Hawaii. Joining us today will be Dale Evans. She is the CEO of Charlie's Taxi, which is one of our, of our largest taxi companies here in Honolulu and Waikiki and uh, she will be sharing some insights how she feels how covid 19 is being handled and her challenges during these difficult times we're going to start this podcast with two recordings what seems to be quite the norm these days when you try to reach out to elected officials when you try to reach out to the hawaii tourism authority to hawaii visitors and convention bureau You many times and most of the times get recordings that they're closed and they work remotely, they cannot answer phone calls, and then when you try to leave a voice message, the voicemail box is full. Um, I always recommend that if I do get someone on the call, what doesn't happen very very often to do what we're doing, we're using a system called OneBox, where you can easily put everyone together, hundreds of people working from home, and communicate quite efficiently. It appears the problem is here in Hawaii that people simply don't want to take the time and feel maybe communication isn't all that important and they are dead wrong. And I mean dead wrong. Communication has never been so important in this crisis situation. And I hope we have some of our legislators and some of our people we're trying to reach like the Hawaii Tourism Authority, like the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau to listen to this podcast and simply return a phone call and change their phone system. Listen to two of the examples we have, and then we get started with Dale Evans.
1: Aloha. This is here from the Office of Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard. If you need immediate assistance, please call our office at 808-541-1986. Otherwise, please leave a message. Aloha. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time. Aloha, you have reached Kaulana Finn, outreach liaison for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard's office. Please let me know how I may best assist you by leaving your contact information after the tone. Have a wonderful day. The mailbox is full and cannot accept any messages at this time.
0: Good morning and aloha from Hawaii. My name is Jürgen Steinmetz with Hawaii News Online and eTurbo News. And um, today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the situation here in our home state. And as you know, Hawaii is dependent on the travel and tourism industry in so many different ways. And uh, we're currently suffering. Hawaii from becoming one of the so-called safest states in the United States uh, from COVID, we're now another hotspot and um, there are many different explanations why this is. Um, I mean one uh, way is uh, Hawaii was pretty much shut down for tourism but you find a lot of people coming in here. You're finding I think between two and three thousand sometimes even more people are arriving and for those that are not residents in Hawaii many were with the military And military was allowed to come in here without quarantine. Everyone else has to go through a two-week quarantine. Uh, Military was exempt, and that didn't just include military. It also includes their relatives. I don't know about friends, but their relatives, daughters, parents, sisters, and so forth. Now, this has all changed. We're now even more closed. But closed is great. But what does it do to our business? Our business is pretty much we're running tourism when we're running our economy against the brick walls and uh, there is of course a fine line of um, wanting to survive this crisis in a safe and healthy way but uh, many say our state authorities have failed to do a lot what they should have done and uh, today I have a guest who wants to who could give us some insight possibly uh, Dale Evans. Uh, Dale is uh, the head of a, one of the largest taxi and transportation companies here Uh, on the island of Oahu, it's called Charlie's Taxi. Um, I have to say Charlie's always impressed me, we've done a few stories because they are so advanced to any taxi company I know, and I'm not an expert in taxi companies, but when you go with Charlie's, uh, you know you're in good hands. Not only do the drivers, uh, all drivers have to be trained on a simulator, I've never seen another taxi company with a simulator, and there are so many safeguards in place to keep drivers and to keep passengers safe when you uh, when you take a taxi from Charlie's. So I um, with uh, always when I get to the airport, when we were still able to fly, I just called Charlie's and waited for a Charlie's taxi because I think I was in good hands. Plus they had really good rates with flat rates uh, getting used so you don't get ripped off. And this is just a compliment. This is not an advertisement, but <laughs> they're welcome. How are you today?
1: Good morning, thank you very much for the plug completely uh unexpected but yes, um, I'm so glad that you read my uh email about how we went from being the safest to now the unsafest in the united states and basically you know the they they were sort of laying the guilt trip on the tourist industry uh that that the local residents would be uh Uh, uh, exposed by the visitors but in fact the state health department and their uh, management has been so poor that uh, now we're having hundreds of uh, new cases every day and the thing is that uh, the the officials have lied to the um, public and have ruined the Hawaii brand because the whole purpose of shutting down was so that we could have a good brand image. But now everybody's gonna know that we're not safe.
0: And and, and, and it's not safe um, out, out of what reason? Hawaii, of course, has uh, closed, we have closed ours, our state to outside tourism. From what I know, there's still no flights going east to Asia, they're simply all cut off, uh, maybe with some rare exceptions. And there are flights going to the west coast, and to the U.S. mainland, and there are passengers traveling. I was at the airport just uh, about a week or so ago when they introduced a very expensive uh, um, temperature-taking device. Uh, What I'm not convinced it will really keep us enormously safe, but the state is doing something. But what is the state doing wrong? Why, Why does it tarnish our image?
1: Well, the thing is, we're supposed to have about uh contact tracers, but the thing is, we only have 15. And they lied because they said that, oh, well, we have over 140. And that even that was uh, not enough, but they, uh, they've been covering up the numbers. And uh, also, the thing is that they're saying now, all of a sudden, we're going to be overrun in the hospitals. But the thing is that, you know, we weren't told how many... How many hospitals are? Uh, how many hospital beds are still open? What is the number? So the you know they're blaming the administ- the health director and the the epidemiologist, but to me this is a failure of the management. They are not they maybe tell people what to do, but they don't check. So how can it be that they wouldn't know? Uh, what the contract tracers were doing all they needed to do was to get daily reports from each contract tape Contact tracer and find many and find out how many cases they have so they would have known it didn't have to take this is now We're down to uh, three and a half months
0: and and uh, from what I, um, I Remember that just uh, this just came out on Friday because there was a group of uh, lawmakers uh, that wanted to see how the contact tracing is working. And they literally find out by surprise that out of the 140 or 150, we were told our full-time uh, tracers, there are only 15 in place. And I remember the press conferences, governor's press conferences, uh, when we were told uh, if we need, they're gonna be 400 more, they're readily available. So that seems to be a blank lie, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's, it's outrageous in my opinion.
1: Yes, but not only that. The 140 is not how many are were actually qualified at the beginning. They said it was about 200, so they were about uh, f- they were about half of what is the CDC requirement. But the thing is that nobody checked. So the the governor cannot say, oh, it's not my fault that I'm going go to go uh, make to make a correction. They should have done this earlier. In the meantime, a lot of companies have closed a lot of people are out of job i think it's about 250,000 people that are affected you know so i don't know how they figure that they're going to recover they shrunk the tax base so the thing is that uh, hawaii's if we ever come back the point is how man how long will it be you know they were the uh uhero the university of hawaii economists were projecting 5 years but now that we're down so many months now they're saying we're not going to open up until November. Well, November is when everybody stays home because of Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the rest of the year is totally shot.
0: And November, don't forget, is the flu season. Um, on on top of everything else, because we don't want to add to the problem. We don't know where this country altogether will be in November. Um, so the and, uh, one of the other things I don't know if you have any background on it. I found. Quite disturbing is that first, uh, there was an article in one of our local news media that the state and the health authorities completely overlooked our um, Micronesian um, Polynesian um, um, communities, and usually, mainly because of of, of uh, cultural reasons, and also because of economic reasons, um, these communities li- live on. Very small room, sometimes with three, four, five, or more people in in one bedroom. And how could this have been overlooked? Because it looks like that 30% of our increase in COVID cases are now originating in these type of communities.
1: That's correct. The thing is, just like New York, you know, when they did that to the um, to the senior citizens' assisted living. And the thing is that this is true. They haven't contacted. And the thing is that like, in the United States, the president purposely targeted the um, Indians so that they would have good service. And here, they just completely ignored those uh, indigent people who are most vulnerable.
0: It's, yeah, and, to and, me,
1: this is a near, this is nearly a crime what they did.
0: Yes, and and, uh, and it goes on and on and on. This morning, we have reports about uh, inmates and our prison and, and jail system uh, being attacked by this virus in, in big numbers. It's not only the prisoners, it's also the staff. And they go home and they have family. And um, and then we have the bus drivers and, and so forth. How does it implement, I mean, to your business, uh, the taxi business? Um, if If I wanted to go anywhere and I didn't have a car, I think I would feel safer in in a taxi than I would say be in a bus, right? Or uh, how do you how how do you do this? I know your business must be down specifically with hardly any tourists coming, uh, but how do you how do you stay afloat?
1: Yeah, no, we're operating at a loss because we're essential service, which means that we're taking a we're having dispatchers and accountants in the office in order to take care of the essential service. So after 10 o'clock at night, apparently we're the only company that's open. So the thing is that we can't shut down, but the thing is I'm taking a huge loss. And the thing is that uh, the government assistance is very lacking because the uh, EIDL uh, from the SBA limited the amount that they are granting because they're they're short of money. So the thing is that uh, it's very, very dire for small businesses like us
0: so from um and in in your your own business uh, did you have uh, drivers that are no longer driving right now or you you keep um, you keep the number of drivers and cars on the road or uh, where you where you heading
1: no about 180 drivers are staying home we only have 40 drivers on the road the thing is it's very dire of course some of the people are afraid that they are going to the younger families they don't want the husbands to go drive, but the thing is that there's not enough business so and then but the thing is we're seeing that people need to go to the doctor, they need to go to the bank, and uh so there's a lot of those kind of things that we're doing but the thing but my problem is that I have to open twenty four hours other people might only be open for twelve hours, you know, so the burden on us is very huge as far as our cars are concerned as long as the customer will wear a mask and will uh, will allow us to have uh not run the air conditioning because we want full ventilation of the car um, the we're doing okay for the customers and of course they're very happy because we have such a strict uh protocol system for cleanliness every time the customer is in and out of the car the car is clean and the drivers wear um, gloves if if they're handling baggage or or uh, grocery so the thing is that the drivers are are helpful helpful to them but the point that we're seeing is uh, how uh, unfortunate it is for the people who are on um who have limited income, you know that there are many, many people who have not got uh, gotten their unemployment, and the independent contractors haven't gotten also their PUA poor money. So it's not like the state has given away, uh, has uh, seen to it that the people are uh, uh, getting the unemployment insurance that they're entitled to. They're behind in that too. There's no excuse for this mismanagement.
0: No, and I can I, I can I hear you, um, Dale. How do you see? I know you don't have a crystal ball. None of us has. But how do you see if tourism is able to come back? What may not happen in the next few months. But if we are opening our state to visitors um, with safety precautions in place, do you see this business coming back strong, or do you see it uh, dripping, coming back in in weak numbers, or do you see it different type of tourism business how, how do you predict we will continue because tourism is our essential is an essential uh industry here and uh, we all need tourists so uh, but we also need to stay healthy
1: yes but like i was saying the hawaii brand is damaged you know it's not a place where oh you're going to go and it's safe the thing is that the the, the governors the government has not kept it safe so the panic, the people may come here. I had uh, somebody from New York write to me the day before yesterday. that He's dying to come to Honolulu. He did. He thought that it was safe to come. Then I told him about the quarantine and about uh, the how we have spiked. And all of a sudden, they don't want to come. They can't come. You know, this is, I doubt that we're going to even get thirty percent coming back. It's going to no. be years.
0: Uh, how is your, I mean your a business what is also in, uh, for a large percentage, relying on the travel and tourism industry. How is your communication with our tourism leaders, like with the Hawaii Tourism Authority, with the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau, the Hotel and Restaurant Association, are you in constant uh, communication with these guys?
1: Well, uh, not, the HCA, you know, uh, the uh, director quit. And so basically I'm getting correspondence from um, the um, hotel, the HVB, and I get some correspondence from the hotel association. But the thing is that there's nobody that's doing their work. You know what's really discouraging? They're talking about things in the future instead of getting the job done today. All the problems that we have they're not paying attention to they they're distracting all of the residents actually they think the public is stupid that we have so many problems the the with the shrinking tax base that means that they're going to have to come after us with more tax increases and in the meantime they had seven point one billion dollars from the feds and uh they uh uh, put that into a rainy day fund and the legislature approved a um tax uh, a payroll tax increase for the public workers who have been getting paid all this time it's really crazy i don't i can't believe what's happening here
0: no and and what i mean from from our perspective from a media perspective we have tried to reach out Ever since COVID started, to the Hawaii Tourism Authority for updates, for information, for interviews, and also for help. You know, part of our company is Safer Tourism, run by Dr. Peter Tarlow, and, and this podcast will be also part of our Rebuilding.Travel initiative, what is now in 117 countries, where we actually get very good communication and uh, exchange of ideas. But when we reach out to the Hawaii Tourism Authority, we only get a recording that the office is closed, and it has been closed since March. Um, if you're lucky enough to leave a message, uh, most of the time you get a recording that the message box is full. In some cases, I had some backup numbers, I did get recordings, and I left messages not once we received a return phone call. The same situation is true for the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau. They don't even have a voicemail anymore for the most part so you just rings and rings and rings and you don't get to anyone when you try to reach out to these guys on linkedin or through other channels you get absolutely no response when you try to get our um mufi hanneman from the hotel association they do answer the phone one of the few organizations that are answering the phones but that's about it you talk to a secretary you never get any further response do you have i mean you know as a business owner as part of this business that's your livelihood do you have better experiences in being part of a discussion a meaningful maybe is there are there plans of a meaningful discussion you said they don't really discuss what's going on now or is this just an experience I have as a member of the media
1: no I think that's that's typical of the, the um, public uh, government system they're not doing anything everybody's at home
0: And it means when you're at home, you cannot answer the phone. So maybe for those listening on to this podcast, and I know uh, many of our elected officials actually are listening to us and we thank you for this. And uh, some people do care. And I have to say, um, there are um, um, uh, some of the um, politicians have been responding, but there's not much they can do. But everyone who's listening, we're using a system that's called OneBox. You can find it on onebox.com. I pay for it, I'm a client, I don't uh, advertise for them. But just look at the system. You can easily have a very sophisticated phone system and work from home and answer all your calls. In my opinion, I don't know if this is something you could agree with me on there, now is the time to communicate. And ever since COVID broke out, people are desperate to communicate. And there are other people they can they could really add to the communication and and share ideas it's the, not the time to be quiet to turn the phones off. have full voicemail boxes and 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 delete all your emails um Is that something you could maybe agree with me on, or of is this, yeah of
1: course the whole whole point is that just because they're taking off, they're not paying attention to how severe this crisis is, like i said the the people's jobs are being killed, and all the companies that are dying because they don't have enough business, they can't cover their, their rent, their payroll, you know? This is terrible. I don't know how they think that they're going to have enough money to pay for all the people who are going to be unemployed. Yeah, it
0: it's, it's, it's really a, it's a sad situation. I just now, a few minutes ago, I had an exchange with Cindy McMillan. She's the, um, the governor. Head, of, uh, head of communication from the governor, and she has been telling us ever since in March that we're not relevant to attend the governor's press conferences. And I've been fighting with her and I'm trying to get our message to the chief of staff who has never once responded to anything. And so we're not allowed to ask questions at governor's press conferences. We have to take it from Facebook um, and then uh, no one ever responds. And uh, uh, what has been very difficult for our staff because we also have people that are paid and work 24 seven here in Hawaii in the news business. And we, we cannot even do our job. Uh, because we're not considered to be relevant, even though we have more than 2 million readers altogether in the world, uh, we're not relevant. And it Jürgen, looks like...
1: Jürgen, yes. the University of Hawaii has a journalism um, club, uh, and uh, Morita is in charge of that. You should tell, uh, tell them their a problem so that they can get after them. You know, there's this guy Portnoy. I think he's a lawyer, long time for the advertiser. Maybe he can help you. They should not okay. be depriving the the media from uh, communication. And that's really that's a that is like a di- dictator who ship. Who does she think she is to tell you you can't be a, 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 attend these press conferences? That's ridiculous. Well,
0: well, the problem is that they don't want media that are independent. They want media that, that plays along their, their line, and there's nothing— I mean, media is—we have good media here in Hawaii. I'm not attacking any media friends here. But they don't want a diversity in, in media here. Um, you know, yeah. it's it's pretty much an, an established line, and outsiders are not welcome.
1: No, but the thing is that you're talking about the First Amendment.
0: No, exactly, and this was my point, but it's now the, the wrong time to fight this because we're all going through the crisis. We all want to help. No, and, uh, now is the
1: time to bring it to the public's attention. They're not the people. The people are not getting the proper information because the government is suppressing. They're suppressing uh, transparency. They're suppressing information to the public. It's very important that you get this out.
0: No, and, and I agree. And we have been trying, and that's why I'm mentioning it also on this podcast. It is something what has been very difficult for our organization, but we're reporting. I mean, we are, as you know, we're very timely, and we go with the information we find, and some of them are from the social media, from Twitter, and we get insights, and we put insights in our articles others don't put in because they're going along the official lines. So it's not really helping those that uh, wanted to get their information out uh, from the governor's office the way they want, because we are forced to look at other sources. What is a good thing, in a way? Um, but Dale, it's it's been quite interesting talking to you. You always have have so much uh, insight in in what's going on here. You've been a voice in this industry You're, for so many years.
1: Jorgen, I wanted to make one point. You know when uh, this thing came came about, who should be in charge of shutting down? Do you know that the legislatures were talking about giving the health department the power to unbridled power to shut down the economy? And this is what the health department did. This is, the legislators are very naive.
0: And, and it is, I don't think anyone was at any time prepared for such a situation and such a crisis. And uh, it's it's kind of overrun us and uh, everyone is going a different direction. It's not only in the state of Hawaii, it's in, in the United States altogether. And that's why, unfortunately, we now have one quarter of all the uh, virus cases in the world. Uh, I could not imagine when, when I went to Germany back in March and came back here um, when we had like 19 or some cases when I left, no one really took it serious. Who could have ever thought, you know, we're getting into such a kind of of a predicament. And, and now it is, it is something I don't know, and I guess you don't know, and no one knows how this would actually end. And, uh, no, but
1: the thing is that we have a history. You know, during the Revolutionary War, when George Washington, they lost ten soldiers for every one lost to the war. Ten soldiers for the pandemic. They had a smallpox pandemic, and during World War II, they also had uh, disease. So the thing is that the problem is that the health system, the health system is rigged they, because they're not paying attention. And they're just listening to guys like fauci and Gates, and they're not doing anything the the people that are making money are the pharmacies the i mean the pharmaci- pharmaceutical companies, but the thing is that there's no the public doesn't pay attention to the health. The thing is that even even in the food when you go to a restaurant. You know, before this happened, the, they were a lot of places were not even wiping down the tables. If you go to Alamara Center, the food court, nobody was wiping down the tables. They were getting sloppy and careless about uh, the cleanliness. Do you think
0: It's terrible. But do you think this will, was um, now it's a wake-up call, and if we get through this pandemic uh, in God knows how many months, uh, this will be, becoming a routine that people are way more conscious to these type of uh, cleanliness. Uh, Do you think there's ever going to be a time where we don't have to wear masks anymore? How how, how do you see this?
1: Well, I think that that was one of the good things to happen is the lesson that we learned about how important is cleanliness. You know, people washing their hands. I would go to the theater and then after the theater, you go into the restroom and hardly anybody is washing their hands is
0: crazy. <laughs> and and it, it, it is there. But it, it's um, really a pleasure talking to you. And um, yeah, please uh, let's stay in touch. We would love to have you on, on one of our rebuilding travel Zoom sessions also uh, sometime soon. And um, if we can help um, in any way, shape, or form here for our local community, we're readily standing by for anyone who wants our help, wants our communication. Uh, wants to work with our safety and security arm and we're doing this on a complimentary basis. This is our home. um, Yes, thank you, We we have to treat our home different um, than anyone else because we're here.
1: You and Etienne are doing a good job. So get on uh, on the governor's office so that they're not uh, cutting you off.
0: Yes, and uh, I appreciate your take. Thank you very much, Dale, and you have a nice day. Mahalo, stay safe.
1: Thank you. Bye. Aloha and thank you for calling the Hawaii Visitors and Convention Bureau. Please accept our apologies. In compliance with the CDC's health guidelines related to COVID-19, we have closed our offices until further notice.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You can find this podcast archived at livestream.travel, livestream.travel, where you can also find a lot of other recent reports we did, both as podcast and video. Keep on reading eTrobo News and I hope you are joining us at rebuilding.travel. If you are a destination or a hotel and you're reopening, consider the resilience.travel seal of safer tourism. You find it at resilience.travel online. Otherwise, please stay healthy and join us again soon. Aloha.